Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi folks, welcome to this special live recording of the Celtic Exchange Weekly as we take a look at what Celtic can possibly do to breathe some sort of life back into this title race. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Muff as we once again cover all things Celtic. Muff, what's your opening comments for tonight? Hello Tino, hello listeners and viewers. Um, my comments are just one of, kind of frustration and disappointment obviously, um, we've presided over, I, I think it's the the, the nature of it, that it's been so tepid and poor. Uh, it just it seems so odd that we've went from a position of strength so quickly to a position of, of, of chasing. Um, however, the hope is that the, the change in mentality will galvanise the squad because one thing is for sure, it's going to need to take something. Yeah, something needs to change. What's the title? I've given this show a title. It's something along the lines of Celtic need to refocus, reset and resurrect this title race and we'll get to all of that in just a wee minute but let's stay with the weekend um, just initially, obviously we, we've done a post-match, I've done that with, who was that with? Paddy, me and Paddy covered that yesterday so you can catch that wherever you listen but in terms of your own response to the, the draw with Kelly, is it one you've seen coming unfortunately? Yes, absolutely yeah. um, and we seem it's not the first time this has happened um, we seem to have lost the ability to manage a game in the correct way. We're doing it incorrectly. And to me, I, I, listen, it was never going to take much for me to turn my guns on to the manager. But I, I'm, I'm not talking about just Saturday. I'm talking about what I've watched all season. Let's be perfectly honest. The, the, the football, the style of play has been terrible. It's been really, really poor really, you know, like I say, tepid stuff. There's no there's no fire in it at all. It's all very, very side to side and, and lacking in any sort of urgency. You know, you can talk about Saturday and by the sounds of it, you know, the, the manager from what he said today has, has kind of indicated he wasn't surprised. 
that we did that. Um, quite an odd thing to say, I would say. Uh, just for for it, the style that I'm watching is not for me. Now maybe maybe we've been spoiled by the style that we had before when Andrew's here, so I get I get that. But if we're being completely honest, the style under Ange, you know, there may have been mitigating circumstances, but we'd pretty much checked out as soon as we won the league. And the performances were pretty ropey and pretty poor for the rest of that season. And even even including if you go on to include the the cup final one against Inverness, you know, it was it was fairly poor fare. So it just seems that that sort of malaise has, has continued on into this season. And I think there is a huge element of complacency runs right through the club. And unfortunately, I, I think I have to include the manager and the playing staff in that. The playing staff should not escape this. And, and I really, what's irked me as well today is I've actually heard Callum McGregor talking about the players as if he's not complicit in this. He absolutely yeah. is. You know, and we've also heard um, the captain, you know, call for reinforcements, didn't he? You know, before the January transfer window, Callum McGregor said, we need more quality and hopefully the club do the right thing. So it's it's indicative, isn't it, of a... It's not a team united, you know, from the, the manager through the players and the fans. And we've... You know, it's been such a an up and down season in so many ways. You know, you've had the, the Green Brigade issue earlier on in the campaign, real division across the board there. Um, players don't seem on the right, you know, the same page. We've now got the individual issues with guys like Abada, Lager Bielka can't be happy. Rocco Vata was out, now he's in, now he's kind of out again. Um, there's a real lack of harmony around the place just now. Yeah, again, that I think that's really unfortunate for Rogers to deal with, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, but I, I put the playing style down to him, but he's not been helped by everything that's been on round about the club. But again, all I go back to is, you know, the question I'll ask, anybody that's listening tonight, anybody that watches us regularly, um, you know, I, I'd say we're, we're a fairly positive but realistic show. Um, we, we were going as the, the COVID season fell apart, you know. You know, people are trying to compare this one to that one. Listen, guys, that league was over by the end of November. It's nothing like it at all. I think what's horrible about this is it's kind of been a, just a slow um, deterioration in results. Uh, I'd say the performance levels have been fairly average all the way throughout. There's only been the odd glimmer for me in games. The question I'd ask the guys and girls um, is, are you enjoying watching Celtic this year? Do you enjoy watching a Celtic game? And to be quite frank, I don't. This is where, as I mentioned, I'd done the post-match with Paddy yesterday and Paddy was talking to his boys in the group chat and I think it was Martin who we know said just in its simplest form paying a lot of money to go and see something which he isn't enjoying it's almost become a chore for him and I know that's we could end up slipping back into that whole entitled thing you know you can't just support your team when you're winning but I don't think it's, it's just about that enough it's, it's yes it's a product on the park, the park which isn't great to watch but it's everything else doing the rounds we ran a couple of polls on Twitter today and I'm going to get to that just shortly but in any other walk of life it's madness it's a lot of money for season tickets. A lot, I know you take the young lads. It's a lot of money for families and people taking, you know, friends and, and young ones and whatever else. But it's a lot of money to pay for something which you're not really getting much back in return at the moment from. And, and listen, I can understand. You know, pe people will have their opinions, strong opinions, like somebody like James, for example, who's saying, "Well, I'm looking back until there's significant change," and I, and I can understand that. I can completely understand that. For me, 
I've got two seats together with me and the wee man. I'll continue to pay my money. I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 44 now. You know, I've, I've, I've ridden the various crests of waves and been down at the lowest points all the way throughout those 44 years and everything that they've brought. Um, it, it's, it's been the wildest highs and the lowest of, of lows. It swings and roundabouts. That's the way that it goes. Um, I think the fact that this time round it is entirely a self-inflicted wound. Um, is the most baffling thing. In the COVID season, you had COVID. Celtic just didn't handle the situation well and that the staff at that time didn't handle it well. The club top to bottom didn't handle it well. In this particular instance, it's it's completely baffling that we've brought back a manager of Roger Ilk and not backed him. Um, but that said, could you go another season of what you're watching? Probably. Probably not. You know, you, you would you wouldn't want to watch that football week in week out. Gordon Stratton got away with a fairly bland brand of football because he was winning and he was winning fairly regularly. When he stopped winning, then the position became untenable for him. The bottom line that as a Celtic manager, you just have to win. And right now we've drawn so many games. The fact that we're drawn the games as well is quite a telling thing. I think it's because we've become easy to read and easy to play against. Yeah, it's not that we are absolutely diabolical. It's not that we have a, you know, a really leaky defence that's conceding hundreds of goals. We we just kind of repeat repeatedly move the ball side to side with very little penetration. And as a result, teams like Kelly can come, be resolute, and then say, right, last 10 minutes, we've got to go for it. Yeah. We, that's so, the team we are, we are to play against now. The, the two key approaches to playing Celtic is, A, leave the centre-halves with the ball because they won't do anything dangerous, you know, Scales and Welsh. And the other thing is target the left-back area for a week at this moment in time. Matthew, you've got uh, Jim Hunter in the comments. Surprised that you're 44. Uh, obviously, your youthful looks uh, go before you. And Jim was Jim, saying yesterday. Jim, can I just ask, are you surprised in a good way or a bad way? That would be the key thing I'd ask there. <laughs> and happy birthday, Jim, who turned 70 yesterday. Matthew, just happy a bit of housekeeping Jim. before we kick on. So if you're watching this episode on YouTube, Please be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you won't miss a single episode here at the Celtic Exchange. Likewise, if you're listening to this episode as a podcast on the likes of Apple or Spotify, make sure you're following the show there for the very same reason. As well as the Celtic Exchange Weekly, we also provide pre- and post-match episodes for every Celtic game. You may or may not want to tune into them at this moment in time, but that's up to yourself. We've also got various other special episodes with Celtic heroes such as Martin O'Neill and Lobo Moravchik. So if you haven't already done so, then check them out after this episode. If I mentioned the, the title, Reset, Refocus, and to get us properly started this week, as per that title, where do we go? You know, what's the what's the next step here? We've obviously come unstuck at the weekend there, but there's so many more important games ahead. So how do Celtic, first of all, reset right now, this week, ahead of the next challenge? Well, the, the, I mean, it's very simple for me. The, the, the stakes are huge this season. And I don't think that'll be lost in the playing staff. It's very easy to sit here and say, oh, we don't care. And, you know, guys like Callum McGregor, even guys like Welsh and Ralston, who've been around the squad when they've been winning, you know, they were they were there all, all the way through. They've experienced the highs and lows as well. They, they don't like it when, when Rangers are, are ahead of them. They don't like it when Rangers win. So, you know, there, there's guys in that squad that won't want that for a minute. So the emotion in it is one thing, but... In any walk of life, if you're working for someone, you have to please them to get in the team. Clearly, Navrocki and Lagerbielka don't. 
So what is it about them that Rodgers doesn't like? Because for me, they seemed players who were willing to break the lines, as they call it these days. Sorry to use horrible coaching terminology, but break the lines before we're passes. It's, that seems to be the very thing that isn't getting them a game because what what else? You know, they're international players. I, I don't I don't understand how bad they can be that they can't come in and offer more than the likes of Scales are Welsh. And it's pretty vogue now to go for Scales, but I think he's overperformed in the past six, seven months. I think he deserves a great amount of credit um, for the way that he has performed. But as as always at a club like Celtic, and we don't apologise for it, we, we expect and, dare I say, deserve better than that level of player, especially for what, what our aspirations are as a group of fans. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be getting matched anywhere else within the club at this point in time. And it's just these continual frustrations happen. But what shouldn't be lost, you know, and what shouldn't be lost in the dressing room in particular, when you talk about a reset, is it's only two points. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not massive. It's only two points. It's only the odd goal. You know, there, there's loads to play for. Absolutely loads. And I, I was hoping a line would have been drawn under, you know, what did and didn't happen in January and we would, we would really kick on. We showed a few signs of that. It was a really gritty win at Hibs, um, in, in fairness, and then a, a really professional performance away to St Mum. So you had expected us then maybe to get into a run of momentum. But for me, it felt like a, it just felt like a, you were watching the same movie again against Kilmarnock. And it's that familiarity of that type of performance which suggests to me, does the manager and do the playing staff have it in them to go on that run of games that we really need to win? And, and unfortunately, all evidence points to the answer to that being no. Yeah, it does. And as I said, you're absolutely bang on in terms of where we're at. I think some fans, some of us do need to take a step back and say, yes, things haven't been great, but we're only two points behind. All games same, you know, same games played, 12 games to go. There's folks who have absolutely thrown in the towel. I'll get to the poll in a second that we ran this afternoon on Twitter, but there's folks saying this Rangers side will finish 10 points ahead of Celtic and this is done and it's been done for months. It's simply not done. It's right there for the taking. And if Celtic do manage to get things right, and that's a big if, of course, right? But if Celtic do manage to get things right in the next game and the game beyond and the game after that, of course this title's there to be challenged for. But I suppose that's the big question. You know, can this side turn it around? So I, I basically put it out in the poll very simply. Will Celtic win the title this season? Not really asking for people to debate if we get Hatati back or if that happens or that happens. Just simply, will Celtic win the league? My 36% say yes, 64% say no. That's from... Uh, 1,724 votes, so a decent enough sample size. Um, where are you at in that? Will Celtic win the league? Yes or no? Without much detail behind it. I, I still, I still think we will. Yeah, I still think we will. And the reason for that, the the, the reason for that is because hitting the front, you know, you want to hit the front at the right time. I think hitting the front may may have an impact on Rangers and they've still got Europe as well. I don't, I don't think, I, I see in the comments here, jeez, man, jeez, oh, guys. But as well just calling the season the new, calling the season the new and going up the road. <laughs> um, I, I, that's not for me personally. And and by the way, I'm no a, a huge, uh, I'm not a huge Rogers fan, as you know, and the football hasn't been great, but I, I, I still think I still think 
that if you do get <laughs> if you do get Vickers and Hitati back, it makes a it makes a big difference. But but listen, I think it's symptomatic of the way the season's been. Everything in life and sport particularly is about momentum. It's about the momentum you take into things and for Celtic it's hard to kind of shift and turn that momentum around. It feels like we're just getting kind of pegged back, pegged back, pegged back all the time. Rangers have went in a really, really, really good run. But for me, I, I just can't I just can't fall into that trap of thinking, right, you, you don't just want to be a what's the word for it? You don't just want to be somebody that's good at leading. Um Sometimes it's, you want to be able to come for the pack as well. We're embroiled in a fight, you know. I think we, we as a group of fans, need to be need to be up for that fight and back the team as well. I know a lot of stuff's going on that we're not happy with. I know we're not happy with the quality of the football, but I think I think that now more than ever is the time to try and galvanise the team, and and it, that that's what being a supporter is ultimately. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got to get behind the team. Everyone's, of course, you know, entitled to their own shout on as to whether they think we will win the league or not. Uh, there's some wild comments coming in. One of them is calling, I think he's calling you a happy clapper. Um, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that. There's one thing, happy, happy clapping is just when you're just saying, <clears throat> to quote yourself, Math, hell, hell, keep the faith, everything will be all good and all that kind of stuff. It's not that, you know, and obviously we're asking the question, things aren't looking great at this moment in time and, and myself or my farm aren't trying to kid ourselves or anybody else on about that. Things have not been great. Uh, and Saturday was the latest example of that. But you've got to look at the realistic position. Where you're at, the Celtic have a fighting chance here. Of course they do, because we know that on paper, a lot of these players have been over the course and distance. They know what it takes to win a league for Celtic. They know what it takes to win against Rangers. They've been there and done that. Yes, there's some new guys in the group and guys that haven't settled, and we can get into the, the finer detail of guys like Nicholas Kuhn and the summer signings and Louis Palmer and all that stuff. But there's winners in this Celtic dressing room. And if, I go back to the big if, Celtic can get things right. Of course, we're in with a chance. Smith, I'll ask you some specific questions. What can Celtic do in terms of changes to try and reignite this campaign? Is it a change of formation? Do the manager and coaches need to go back to the drawing board in terms of their system, their style, their build-up? Is it a change in personnel? And if so, what does that look like? You know, Who, who can the changes be? Awata? Rocco Vata, somebody suggested James Forrest coming back into the fold. What do you think? What would be the practical moves to try and get back on track? Uh, well, what I will say is this. We have a manager who won't change. So he will not change his shape. He will not change the way that he plays. Um, and he took Leicester to the brink um, before he was relieved of his duties. Under that same, and again, he had, he had massive injury problems. Um, as he was doing that, but uh, I, I do think that it is a huge impact. I think uh, Pablo sixty seven. You've ended on with James Forrest thirteen. Oh, you need you need to stop that. Um, rather than have Forrest in a mood with the gun. <laughs> right, I need to stop reading these comments. I need to switch it up. Sorry, sorry, Tino. Um, <laughs> the the fact is that if the manager won't change, Vickers and Hattati are a huge miss. Not having them consistently is a huge miss. I don't, I don't care about MDCs, that's my opinion. We are... Stop putting, stop putting the comments up. Um, for me, it, it's really got to come down to how willing 
are this group of players to, to stand and fight? That's what it's got to come down to. I think, have we played our strongest team consistently this year? Based on the fact that Tati's always been missing, I don't think we have. It took a while for Bernardo to come to the boil and he seems to have went off the boil as quickly as he came on to it. Um, Iwata coming back, yes. Fantastic, but history tells us Rogers probably won't play him consistently. Um, I don't think any of our wingers have performed consistently this season. Maeda probably been the most consistent and that's saying something um, when that's the case. So, I, for whatever reason, it, it just seems to have been so up and down this season around the consistency levels of probably all the players. And since the bid came in for, for Matt O'Reilly, he's dropped off a cliff. You know, I think you, you need to address that as well. He he seems to have completely lacked in any sort of creativity since that. And the, the worrying thing for me is, you know, jo- Johnson's, Johnson's a miss as well. Johnson gets a lot of stick. He, he gets a lot of stick. Um, and I think going forward, he can be he can be really, really ropey. But I think I think the team's better with him in it. That said, I think Ralston's performed with great credit if he's come in. Um, I just I was expecting a freshness in January, Tino, and having not got that, I, I think I think there's an element of the players were also hoping and looking for it as well, and the fact that that's not came, it, it, it's really now down to them. It's down to them to galvanise themselves and the manager and the coaching staff to galvanise the players. Not that they should necessarily need it, but I can't see he's changing the manager and I can't see can't see him changing the system. So where are we? But we, we've got those players who have you know, basically got us into this mess from a very strong position. So over to you, lads, what you got to do about it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Do you know the term self-sabotage keeps coming back time after time, whether that's boardroom decisions, manager decisions, individual player decisions during the game. <clears throat> there was that incident, you'll have maybe seen the tweet doing the rounds, but it, it's a spell in the second half. You were there on Saturday, weren't you? A spell in the second half where Celtic could not get out their own defensive third against Kilmarnock, with every respect. And it was... I mentioned this again yesterday. Every pass was worse than the one before. McGregor gives a bad pass to Ralston, who gives a shocker over to the goalkeeper who plays it back into O'Reilly and, and so on. It was awful to watch. It's 45 seconds of misery. And, you know, stuff like that. I don't know how much of that is coached into the players. You know, are they getting told, you know, just, just keep doing these things or if they're doing it off their own back. I think what you've got, apart from all else in terms of the playing side of things, is a team just absolutely shot of confidence. Now, what that is down to, I don't know. As I mentioned earlier on, there's a lot of winners on that team, but there's also been a lot of negative around in all sorts of ways. The January window was a, just a horrible time. You know, just a just a very negative time to be a Celtic fan. 
and players hear those noises. The manager makes some comments which may not be helpful in terms of, you know, questioning the quality that's in his squad. There's all sorts of things going on. But I think there's a real confidence issue. Miff, you said that we won't change the manager. So, you know, we're stuck with him. There's been a real clamour to do exactly that. It's come up a lot in the socials, come up a lot on our shows uh, the last couple we've done. Would you entertain a change in manager? I know you think it won't happen. And I agree. I don't think there's any change that will be made. But if it was possible, if someone became available tomorrow and Celtic could make the change with 12 games to go, do you think that'd be a move? No, I don't, I don't think I'd be wise. Just just purely for the point of view that are you, are you going to bring anyone in that, that, that's better, more experienced? I, 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 I don't know. Um, I think we are where we are until the, the middle of the season. I think that I think the more pertinent point is what meaningful change will there be in the summer? Because what we certainly can't have is just another transfer window similar to the past two where it seems nobody in particular is in control of who we're trying to buy and, and the positions that we need filled don't get filled. You know, it, it's been very odd. The past couple of transfer windows, very, very much a situation of clearly two parties that are probably at odds with each other. That's how I think it looks. The issue for all of us as fans is that that's now spilling onto the pitch where whatever malaise and kind of disagreements going on in the in the background um it, it now appears to be affecting the harmony in the, in the in the playing squad as well. So, what changes going to happen in the summer? Because if you if you take Rogers out and you bring in another stooge for the board, we're going to get served up more of the same in terms of the transfer policy. You know that that's that's the reality. If, if there's not a change in terms of the way the club's structured, I think we got we got away with it under Ange because Ange had the power of personality to come in and and insist that the club was run in the way that he saw fit. I don't think the board had any other option to go with because it, he, he had that sort of charisma to, to impact onto the fans, but also onto you know, elements of the board as well. I thought that would have changed with bringing Rodgers back, but it hasn't. Therefore, what, what are we going to get next? If, if you replace Rodgers, you bring somebody else in, we just get subjected to the same old buying policies where we're, we're buying project and the hope that one or two stick make us a bit of money in two years' time. That's not a strategy. It's not a strategy. Maybe good for the balance sheet every now and then, but ultimately what we want is but we're Celtic fans and we want a product in the part that we can be proud of. And it wasn't that long ago we did have. You know, it was it was only seven, eight months ago we did. We were we were all cheering at Hamden when we when we won the won the treble and things were looking looking rosy. Um it's been quite a stark fall in, in, in just the product on the park and how the team have played. So I I, I don't think changing the manager now makes a huge a huge amount of difference. I don't think somebody's going to come in and then, you know, be able, be able to get their foot on feet under the table and 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 have us going to run a point twelve one twelve. I, I just can't see that happening. But something's not right between between Rogers and the board. So I don't think it will happen. But put it this way: if you switched on Sky Sports News tomorrow and Rogers had resigned or Rogers had left by mutual consent, would you be surprised? I don't think anybody would. No, because it's clear there is something similar in the background and, you know, you can read between the lines of some of the interviews. The, the message and the, the, the tone has changed from when Brendan Rodgers came in at the start, talking about we're going to make an impact in Europe and we're going to add quality and all these things. None of it's happened. So someone's not doing their job somewhere and the board will argue maybe that Brendan Rodgers isn't doing his job as a coach. He'll push back and say they're not supporting him. 
and, and that, that's where the, the disconnect comes in. I can get the arguments or the suggestions for replacing the manager. And George in the comments, I think yesterday was talking about, you know, the new manager bounce, quote unquote. You can definitely see that at times, but it's not a guarantee just that because you change the manager, you get a bounce. Take a look at Sunderland. They were hoping for a bounce when they brought in Mick Beale a couple of months ago. He's gone. He lost his job today. And that's uh, separate because that's a that's like a I will say that's a <laughs> an extreme example because um I don't know what the Sunderland board were smoking when they appointed them. Um you know, Celtic have never got to make an, an appointment like that. I'd I would fear I see somebody mention it in the comments, I would fear they'd go for Lennon again. That would be genuinely my biggest fear. Um but I, I at this stage in the season it, it, it would be very hard to go and I think it would be very hard to go and attract somebody to come in that would be of the calibre that you'd require. Um, if you're talking in the summer, that's a completely different conversation. But if there isn't structural change within the club, then is is that new coach or, or manager on a hiding to nothing as well? Um, it, it really, really, really needs really needs a, you know, an overhaul at that level. We were crying out for it before Ange came, we were talking about that that proper modern football model, a director of football, almost a, a management team being in situ that meant that when the coach changed, there was that continuity there. Um, unfortunately, we've, we've fallen into the trap of nepotism. You know, the Strachans and Lowells are, are in high, high positions within Celtic. That shouldn't be the case. And that was the very, very thing that got Celtic in trouble um, in the 80s and 90s. So we we have to be really, really honest with ourselves. We're not being run as a modern football club at the minute. And like I say, those things get forgiven when you're winning on the pitch. But when you're not and you turn back and, and look, the, the, the on-pitch product is not what it should be. And that's when questions start getting asked. Yeah, it sure does. You'd also have to ask, would any manager want to come in and potentially fail immediately? You know, if you come in and you're on the back foot already, there's loads of names doing the rounds. I've seen Mourinho in the comments. Someone yesterday mentioned Andre Villas Boas. Uh, there's a whole host of guys that, that could potentially be a, a good fit. Who knows? But are they going to come in with 12 games to go and start with a loss on their record? That you know, if, if they fail to win the title, which would be a tall order for anyone coming in. So it's a big question. I, I can't see it working. Uh, someone in the comments, Macaroon, says fans like Tino are part of the problem. If and maybe I'm, but I agree as well. I can't see that being a, a solution. But that said, we don't know what the solution might be. In terms of refocusing, you know, for, for what's ahead, I suppose it's pretty clear. You know, as I say, first thing you need to do is reset, you know, in terms of the, the manager and players and say, whatever's gone in the 26 games so far, yes, we've had a couple of highs, two wins against Rangers, a couple of decent performances in Europe, particularly Atletico Madrid at home, maybe one or two others, but not many. Uh, in those 26 league games and, and other cup games. So what what changes? Because something needs to change. If I'm not going to quote the whole definition of madness, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, but that, that's kind of where we're at. We can't just do more of what we've been doing because you'll, you'll get more of what we've been getting in terms of inconsistent results. But in terms of refocusing, I suppose that is pretty clear. It's 12 games to go. It's a 12-game mini campaign. And that should be a fairly straightforward sell from the manager to the players to say, okay, things have been what they've been, but here's now the new mini strategy, mini plan for the dozen games ahead. Is that a, a way for him to be looking at things? Absolutely. Listen, it all sounds great in paper, but I think if you play 
a system that's heavy, heavily reliant on wingers who can't do the job that you're asking them to do, um, then I think that's why there's the pessimism around their ability to go and play 12 Cup finals. Um, and I suppose for, for that point of view, I, I, still believe, I still believe in my heart of hearts the team can go on a winning run, maybe not, maybe not a 10 or 12 game winning run, but they can go on a winning run. And confidence is a huge thing in football. Currently, the, the team just don't have any confidence. If if they were able to get a couple of those, you know, more vibrant performances back, because you can't, you know, the players are the players are obviously trying. I think it's just a case of whatever tweaks Rogers has to make to the system that he wants to play, whatever personnel he can bring in that can liven things up. But for me, it ju- it just seems like he's rotating around the same players and the same things are happening all the time. There's no real major consistency for the wide areas. Some weeks Palmer's Palmer looks really decent. Some weeks he doesn't. Um, Kuhn has looked reasonably decent at times. Then other times he's looked like he's just not a football player. Maeda we know can be wildly inconsistent. Um, so add to that, Hugo an isolated big eye discordly got a bit of hard worker but not necessarily a goal scorer you know you, 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 I think you need to you need to ultimately be Celtic it's always mainly about being about performance levels because even if there was games that you drop points often you drop points in games where a lot of missed chances that's not really necessarily been the case in the games that we've lost and drawn is that we've you know it's, it's all been a bit tepid and a bit a bit loose um I, 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 I just, I, I don't see where this sudden resurgence or spark is going to come from right now. But like we often do, when you get into every match day, you look at it and you go, right, this eleven that's been selected should be good enough to go and win the game. And whenever we do our pre-matches, and that's that's kind of the repetitive line that we always say: if the right Celtic turn up with the right attitude, we should win. It really, really has to come for the playing squad. That you know, they must surely look at this and go, right? We're in major, major danger of chucking this this league away. What can we do to change it? And and I go back to that the stuff that I've been hearing, um, on the on the radio today from from Rogers and from from McGregor. Um, McGregor has to obviously take some responsibility as well. He's captain of the team. If there's messages on the pitch that aren't being understood by the players, he should be making sure he's got them by the scruff of the neck and making sure they're under no illusion as to what they have to do to perform on the pitch. Yeah, do you know, he's come under a bit of grief uh, in recent times. And actually, he's been questioned at different points across the season. Um, whatever Celtic going to do or not this season, it will definitely not be a, a season that McGregor will look back on personally and say that he was at his best. There was a moment on Saturday... I don't know, 10 minutes to go, where you're looking for Callum McGregor, captain, leader, composed footballer, very technically gifted, to put his foot on the ball. And you remember the one where he swung his right foot at it. It's gone sky high. And it just epitomised everything that was wrong with Saturday. It was panic. It was wrong decisions. It was all of those things. And Callum McGregor, you can call it harsh or not, he is the captain of Celtic Football Club. And he needs to take responsibility. The manager's got a huge job in motivating this group and pulling them through. The captain's his role is every bit as important in making sure the message is, is getting to the players. Yes. Um I find it interesting that you would say that 
you know, if I think back to the Motherwell game, McGregor was also he had a lack of composure leading up to the long throw that they got for the, for the equaliser. I know that I'm just digging out Callum McGregor, Celtic's problems for this season run way deeper than, than just Callum McGregor. But I, th- I think he's I think he's underperformed over a number of a number of weeks, um, which is unfortunate timing because it's coincided with the team uh, really really struggling as well. If you add into that, really not quite being at his best, it's it, you know that, that's bad news for us because both of them are probably our two best players. So again, it's it's just it's just a point in the season that <laughs> I suppose what I'm hoping for, and I hope this, I hope it's a blip. I hope we've had a bad a bad run, but the way performances have been, I just don't think there's been a consistency in the level of performance, and that's that's the biggest worry for me. Um, you know, do you, do you think the players are just going to come in and start bringing it for the last 12 games? I really, really hope so. I really hope they can clear the air. I really hope they can understand, full understand um, what they're being asked to do on the pitch. But the, the problem is, would, would we have said that by February, our back four would have been Ralston, Scales, Welsh, Burnaby? Um, that would indicate that that you know, just the recruitment, just quite simply, hasn't been good enough, or Rogers just isn't giving the right chances to the right players, namely Navroki and, and Lager Belka. Yeah, I mean, you heard James say it a couple of weeks ago, you're back four at that time, you know, the, the four guys you've mentioned there, that is Celtic's second string back four. And you're, of course, you're going to come a cropper when you're, when you're putting those kind of lineups, you know, on the park. Then you try and introduce a guy, Nicholas Kuhn, who's Evidently not ready to play ball. That's just you know not happening for him. Then you've got Matt O'Reilly going off the boil at the same time. Callum McGregor blown hot and cold. There's all sorts of things going on for all sorts of reasons, but it leads to to where we've got to now. In terms of the here and now, maths, obviously we go to Fur Park on Sunday. It's a twelve and a half twelve kickoff. Rangers play the day before. They've got Hearts at Ibrooks on Saturday. You've got a position here where you could realistically begin into that game five points down. The players' mentality has already been questioned in, in certain quarters, and rightfully so. That's going to be a huge test for these Celtic players because a lot of them are used to winning you know, and have won over the last couple of years. Not a lot of them at any stage in their career have looked at their league table and saw the fact that they're five points behind their rival. And It's going to be a real test of their character to see how they respond to that on Sunday. Yeah, no, listen, that, that's a position we find ourselves in. There's no point in... Can I... It's been like watching a car crash happen very slowly. You've kind of seen all this coming just because you've not really had a lot of faith in, in the team and the way that they've been playing. And um, yeah, you know, Hearts have been absolutely flying, but normally what happens is Hearts are absolutely flying, then they play Rangers and meekly kind of roll over. So I don't expect I don't expect Hearts to go to Ibrox and, and get anything. To be quite frank, um, Motherwell on the, on the other hand always like to can have a, have a good go as they have this season. Um, games have been tight. So it's really, really on the players to come raise their game and show that they're, they're up for the battle. And that's what we all want to see. It doesn't matter whether you're pro-Rogers, anti-Rogers, you know, pro-Taylor, anti-Taylor, pro-Forest, anti-Forest. the end of the day, we've all got the same common goal. We want to turn up, we want to see Celtic play well and win. At the very least, we want to see Celtic put in a bit of fight. Um, so... Here's hoping that, that that that's what we see as of Sunday. I'll I'll be there. I'll be going. Um, so 
I'll be I'll be watching with, with a great deal of interest to see what version turns up. Yeah, and that's a big master, isn't it? You know, what Celtic turns up in the day. Just to kind of round off this section, Muff, we'll move on to some lighter stuff. We'll do the mystery cell and we'll try and cut out some of the morning. But there's a comment from Mazar on the screen. Um, and it's one that we've touched on briefly, but the decision not to go away to a camp during the winter break looks like a very poor one. You know, it would have been a time to regroup, reassess, redefine our style of play and a massive own goal, in Mazar's opinion. I completely agree with that. I, I don't understand why Celtic didn't take the opportunity, even just purely as a bonding exercise. The group are disjointed. We've discussed that. There's new guys in the, the, the team, new guys in the setup, guys that need time to settle. Why not take the opportunity, I don't know, for five days, go out to Portugal or one of these places, get a bit of decent training under your belt, potentially play a bounce game, but just reconnect the squad. Do you think that's been a, a notable mistake? It, it doesn't jump out at me. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I think... Uh, we we probably felt, you know, <laughs> I know it's different going away to Dubai during COVID and, and things like that, but if it's not been part of the plan and, you know, we, we can look at how the season's went down and say it's been a terrible mistake because it's led us to be on the poor run of form that we went on, but we were kind of drawing games and, and playing intermittently poorly before that. And I don't think um, we would have tweaked her style of play massively in, in in any case at that point because like I say I think the manager's the manager's fairly well set in, in how he's going to play. So I, I just I just think the players just need to be better. I think that's what it comes down to. We just need to be better at, at what we're doing. And uh, you know we need to be more ruthless in front of goal, take our chances. And we need to find that consistency to play well over 90 minutes. We seem to be doing that a half at a time just now that, that seems to have been going on for a considerable amount of weeks as well. Um but it's not. It, there's enough time left in the season that we can. That the players can hopefully, you know, do something about it. It is more in hope than expectation. But listen, that's what being a football supporter is. You're not wanting to give up the ghost when you're just two points behind. I think we. I think we need to. We need to just as a, as a group of fans really try ourselves to kind of galvanise galvanise the players and and be be truly supporters in every sense of the word. Yeah, I think so. There was a start doing the rounds at the weekend. I think in the 26 league games Celtic have played which is 52 halves of football, we've failed to score in 18 of them. That's a lot of football for Celtic, the dominant team in the country, the richest team in the country, all those things, not to be scoring goals. There's various comments coming in, and I'd love to respond to all of them, but we can't. And this isn't a mass defence of Brendan Rodgers, but we're exploring different areas as to why things might be wrong, whether it's, you know, we're not saying not taking a January break has cost us the title. Let's not be stupid about it, Felix, for example, in the comments. But there's lots of different things going on, whether it's that. Of course, Rodgers has made big mistakes. I'm a fan of Rodgers. Math isn't. That's how it works. We've all got different opinions on it. There's signings that haven't been given to the manager. There's injuries that have played their part. There's a whole host of things, and I don't think we or anyone can just pin it on there's the one reason why Celtic haven't been successful. There's a whole lot of things going on there. Muff, let's lighten the mood. We'll take a look at the mystery cell. Um, all I've got to say is, I know we've got some folk on life. Listen, just we bit, we bit of faith. You can call me a happy clapper if you want. I'm no massive fan of Rogers, as you know, but I'm not getting anything up two points behind. Come on, man. Come on. Can't do that. Ten games to go. Two, uh, Twelve games to go. Two points behind. Muff, in terms of last week's mystery cell, um, was it you that said it? Yes, it was. I think it was, wasn't it? So I'll give a quick recap of the clues for anyone who missed it. So clue number one, I started playing in 1996 and retired in 2013. Very ambiguous. Clue number two, I earned 50 caps for my country, which Muff later revealed was Sweden, 
And clue number three, my former clubs include FC Twente and AEK Athens. The answer, of course, for anyone who didn't get it, was Daniel Mustorovic. Daniel Mustorovic, he signed uh, for Celtic in August 2010 under Neil Lennon. He had two seasons at the club before moving on in May 2012. He won one league medal and one Scottish Cup medal during his time here at Celtic. What was your general thoughts on him? Well, my general thoughts are Navroki and Lagerbielka look nowhere near as bad as Mastorovic did and he played a hell of a lot of games for Celtic. I did not like him one bit. I, I, I didn't like him. Second only to Leuven's in the, the bomb scare department for me. <laughs> you didn't like him so much you made him the mystery set last week. I thought I'd give him his, give him his mention. No, I think I think he was he was brought in at the time as, as a sort of experienced centre-half that we needed, but he, he didn't really solve the problems that we had. And, you know, we were a bit of a, a comedy show in, in Europe at that time. Um, you know, I think taking a few hammers and losing just silly, silly goals on the road. So, um, unfair to lay, lay it all at his door. But no, it wasn't a favourite of mine, let's say that. Yeah, Good luck, boy, though. Ah, well, maybe. Each their own math, whatever you're into. OK, are you ready for this week's mystery sell? Fire away. Okay, clue number one, and of course anyone uh, watching the live, feel free to chip in with any guesses. So clue number one, I made over 100 appearances for Celtic, having signed for the club in 2006. Anything jumping out, Muff? Mark Wilson? No, right here I mind you. Um, clue number two, I started my youth career with Wolves before breaking into their first team. Lee Naylor? We'll see. And clue number three, I scored a deflected free kick and a 2-1-1 v Rangers in May 2010. And of course, Miff, I can't reveal the answer just now for anyone trying at home. Oh, um, of course, we'll keep that a secret. But we'll see. What we'll do, we'll reveal the answer in next week's show and we'll also reshare these clues on the socials for anyone who wants to have a go there. Um, I'll check any answers coming in in a second just on the comments. Paul Telfer, a couple of other guesses like that. Miff, to, to close out the show, uh, again, I'm going to look at something. As I said, I've done a couple of polls on Twitter today. One was about whether we might win the league or not. The second one I ran this afternoon was a, a season ticket poll as such. And basically the question was, as a season ticket holder, are you considering giving up your season ticket based on matters off the park at this time? So, you know, it's not to say, oh, we don't win the league, we're chucking it, I'm, I'm giving up my ticket. That's not the question. But there's various folks we know, James, you know, from the show, and various folks have got in touch with us and emailed and messages and different things to say they won't be back. They've had enough. They've seen this kind of stuff time after time from the Celtic board and, and they're just fed up with it. And, and by the things I've seen, I mean things like the constant nonsense of a signing policy we've got. Signing, what was it, nine guys in the summer? Project signings, potentials, £2 million signings that might or might not going to be successful. Uh, that window is looking worse with each passing day. You can look at the strategy of the club as a whole. In the last 20 odd years, what have we ever really done in Europe? Very little. Our record in terms of knockout ties is deplorable. So what's the plan there? What's the strategy? Especially now as the, the European game's getting bigger and more you know lucrative than ever in terms of this new Champions League format. And of course, there's the personnel at Celtic. There's a huge questions about nepotism and the Lawwells and the Strakens and everything else there. You can give me your own take on it, Miff, and I know you're in a different position because you now take your one of your, your young sons and that obviously makes a huge difference. But in the poll that we carried out this afternoon, and it's obviously a smaller sample size given that not everyone that 
tweets and you know exchanges messages with us are, are season ticket holders. But 33% said they are considering giving the ticket up, so 67% aren't. And that was of 689 votes, so smaller group, meaning around about 227-odd folk are considering stepping back from that. Are you surprised at that kind of number? Are you feeling that no, in, your, not, in your circles? Is that the chat you're getting? I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, no, no, I'm not, actually. Um, but what I think will happen is people renew the season tickets, but then on the, on the day they probably won't go. That was the driver for change under Ronnie Dyer. Ronnie Dyer had won the league two years in a row. However, he was getting served up, you know, absolute nonsense in, in terms of transfers and things like that. So for, for me, there'll be people there to replace the folk that don't want to keep their season ticket. I think people will look at this and say, well, why why, why are you talking like that when you're only two points behind in a, in a title race? But it's actually more to do with just the, the structure of the club and, and, and things like that. And I can understand why people are just absolutely done with it. But at the same time, um, if you if you give up your season ticket, it's probably a long wait until you get one back. And my motivations are want to still go there with my, my boys and, and and things like that. So you could argue I'm part of the problem because I'm I'm, I'm maybe not making a stand against it. Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't be buying my Celtic slippers and hot water bottle as well. But the ultimately, I, I just want to go and watch Celtic. That's that's really my main motivation. It's always been my my motivation. Um, I. Spent spent years kind of playing amateur football, which meant my kickoff was at two o'clock. I didn't get to go and watch Celtic a lot of the time when I wanted to. So I'm kind of making up for lost time a bit as well for for myself personally, as, as well as taking the boys. Um, but a lot of folk are making a really good point that the guys coming over for Ireland and things like that as well. You know, it, it, some people are getting up at three o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, and not getting back to well after midnight in the Sunday just so they can go and watch a Celtic game. You know, it's amazing commitment and. When, when things go the way they're going, what they are just now, you would obviously look at look at your priorities and say, well, should I be spending that money or should I be taking all that time out my, out my week to go and watch Celtic? And, and invariably, some people will think, you know what, I'm sick of getting made a mug. And it's and it's happened all through all through time. There was, it was the same with guys. You know, a lot of guys have been on the bus when I first started going no longer ago. Now, it's for various different reasons, but sometimes they just go, you know what, I'm sick of the same old Celtic. They never... They never ever strengthen from a position of strength to really put their foot down and go for it. They get to a certain level. They then mess about, fall back again, spend when they're behind, get back in front, fall behind again. It's just a cycle. If you can look back, it's a cycle that's repeated itself for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think people will continue to make the point, and it's completely valid that if you give up your season ticket, if you decided, and I know you're not going to, but if you decided tomorrow that's you done, so we've seen Pablo 67 in the comments there saying he, he's done after this season. Pablo will give up his season ticket this season and someone else is waiting in the wings to just swoop it up. So, you know, he and others might be giving up in terms of making a, a form of protest and, that, and that's admirable if that's what someone chooses because it's not easy to give up a Celtic season ticket. You'll get people that will call folks out saying you're entitled and stuff. I think it's a really bold and brave decision to give up a season ticket because it's something that we're all inherently passionate about and, you know, it's a big part of your life. So to feel strongly enough to give it up, I think, says a lot. But the, the challenge is your protest won't really be heard that it won't really have any impact because someone will always be there. You know, there's a, an alleged 10,000 folk on the waiting list, if, if you had to believe those reports. 
So it just means, you know, nothing will change there. There won't be an impact on the pockets of Celtic. The cash reserves will continue to grow, and that'll be that. People have suggested other ways of or forms of protest. Don't buy the merchandise. Um, Adidas would see the difference soon enough, and they wouldn't be best happy as a, as a headline sponsor, which I get, or a kit manufacturer. Uh, don't attend cup games, don't attend European games, all these things. But I suppose everything like that is easier said than done. And I'll go back to your example, Miff. If you tell your wee lad uh, next summer the boys aren't getting the new kit because dad's on a protest here, <laughs> don't worry about it, lads, I'm, I'm doing the right thing here, that's not going to fly. And if you tell them you're not no longer going to take them to Celtic Park, that doesn't work either. And, and you know, that's just a small example. There's lots of guys in your shoes, guys and gals, and there's lots of other reasons why people... Couldn't give up tickets. I've seen folk replying today saying, I've had this ticket for 20 years and people have sat with family and all that stuff. And it's the emotional tie. In any other walk of life, if you were paying circa 600 quid for a product like that and getting the piss taken out, you you wouldn't even blink about not you know renewing your ticket. But this is different, Miff. This is Celtic and that's how they get you. That's how they get you. And, you know, with every new season comes optimism. Um. We we were we were fairly low going into the um twenty one twenty two season, but look at look at what that brought us. And in many ways, when you get through these sort of lulls, it's coming roaring back out of them that are, that are the most enjoyable thing. But I would rather we were just winning all the time. To be honest with you, I don't I don't like I don't like the long part. Um, but I, listen, I, I'm 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 fairly fairly philosophical about it because I've I've had a feeling that um. I've the feeling that, that this season we just the, the levels of performance just weren't as consistent, and I'm not entirely surprised we became embroiled in a title race, but it doesn't it doesn't change my mentality around wanting to win it. You know, I, I just want us to get a grip, I want us to sort what needs sorted, and I want us to just get back to winning games, even if we're winning those games ugly. Um, but ultimately, it's the players that have got to go on the part and do it. They just need to go on the part and do it. I don't see, you know. Giving up my season ticket, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite there at this stage yet. Albeit that I, I see some people talking about merchandise, Champions League tickets. Um, here's hoping we've got the quandary whether or not we want to buy the Champions League tickets next year, lads. I, you know, I know if there's a Champions League ticket available, uh, I'd be delighted if that's the, the prospect because it means it will have somehow uh, gone and won the league this season. But just just in terms of that bigger picture at the club, math, you know, regardless if people do or don't make protest or give up tickets or stop buying merch or any of those things. Is there any situation in the near future where you see the structure and the hierarchy at Celtic Park changing? So Ross Desmond, son of Dermot Desmond, spoke at the AGM and used words to the effect of, as long as my dad's still living and he or I are still here, we are not going anywhere. We're not giving up our, our shares and our stake in Celtic. So that means you, you, you continue with this absentee landlord-type structure where Dermot Desmond, he's not the... I can give a term right, but he's not the majority shareholder. He's not. He doesn't own over fifty-one percent, but he's he's the biggest shareholder at Celtic. So he therefore calls the shots, and things can't pass without his say. So basically, so he'll continue to appoint managers such as Brendan Rodgers, who by all accounts is his move. He'll continue to see that guys like Dermot, uh, Peter Lowell return to the club as chairman because Peter's his guy, and various things like that. So actually, when you've got a billionaire owner who does use Celtic as a hobby, as a plaything, as a toy, whatever you want to call it. Does it really matter? Will any form of protest have any sort of significant change? I don't necessarily think so. I think, you know, with Desmond, you need to remember that 
18 months ago, we were only too far off cracking how we wanted the club to be run. The club was fairly harmonious from top to bottom. We did a con- consecutively good um, transfer windows. So it can be done, and it's been done in the recent past. The tantalising thing for us is why, why, when we knew that that was a good formula, why was that not continually followed up? Um, now, to, to be quite frank, some of the some of the signings that even Ange made were poor. Like I said, the Gucci Kobayashi. Um, for, for the Asian market, there's been some hits, there's been some misses. Um, you know, Haksavanovic was a, was a was a failure as well. Yeah, be. So, Bernabe as well. So, there's been some poor signings, but but there was also some good signings as well. Um, what we seem to have regressed back to is, is ill-fitting signings um, that don't really fit the model. So, why are we as a club not looking at saying, right, what's worked, what's not worked, let's do what works? Um, we just don't seem to have that in us. And it's less about Desmond for me, more, more about the, the Lowell influence, specifically Mark being a head of recruitment. That, that that seems to me, you know, Lowell's return to the club and Mark Lowell being in there seems to have coincided with that return to the, the type of um, ill-fitting signing that we, we just don't want, we just don't need. Um Celtic in so many times in the past have just been two or three good players away from having an absolutely cracking team. And because of the way that our model works around us looking to buy and, and sell, you're maybe only going to have that team together for 18 months. So when when we when we reinvest, we know we're doing it for a position of strength because other players are going to be worth value in the squad. Um, unfortunately, what we now have is a kind of bloated squad with a lot of people who the jury's still out on. And that tells you that whatever system's in place, isn't working, so that's what we have to change. I mean, we have to change it quick. Yeah, and you know, I've mentioned the chat I had with Anthony Joseph from Sky Sports after the transfer window closed, and Anthony spoke about the fact that most modern clubs now operate with this director of football and football structure. And the Ange, the couple of years under Ange is looking more and more like an anomaly. You know, it's not looking as... I think the club would like to say, look at that, we made a very smart appointment, and therefore you can trust the guys behind the scenes to continue making smart appointments in the future. I think Andrew is one that we get seriously lucky with. And it just so happens that Ange Postacoglu is is fairly unique and you know so effective as a footballing guy that he was able to carry out so many roles. He was effectively the head of recruitment, the head of the football department, the director of football, and the head coach all at the same time. And I think I think it's criminal actually that we had a guy like Ange in the building for two years and never tapped into him to say you'll move on one day and that's fine. That's how football works. What should we be doing? What should our structure be? And he's been a head coach for 26 years, I think, as a chat. He's clearly a bit of a an outlier in terms of the, the skill set that he had. And I think it's criminal that we've now let him walk. We clearly didn't anticipate or expect him to walk after two years, so we've missed the boat there. But someone behind the scenes should have been sitting with him top of the month, every month while he was there and saying, how can we do this better? How can we get that better? Sports science, recruitment, whatever, coaching, youth academy, all these things. Yep. We've missed the boat and we're now just back to a point where we'll appoint head coaches. Some will be successful, some won't. And we're now probably going to be back in a position where we've been reactionary again. You know, someone was talking today about, oh, but look how Celtic reacted when Ronnie Dyla lost that Scottish Cup game at Rangers. Great. And, and we've seen some success. Look how Celtic reacted when Neil Lennon made an arse of the 10. Great. And we had success under Ange. But do we need to constantly wait, Muff, for Rangers to succeed for us to then go, oh, do you know what? We better get our skates on here. Is that is that the model? Is that the system? Seems to be. And I, see, to be honest, that kind of has been for most of my life, team. And that's why I say that. I remember me and Paddy kind of had words about that uh, through the summer. Celtic don't strengthen 
from a position of strain. They don't kick on. They never have done. Um, mm. So, you know, for me, we, we had a chance to really put the foot down in the summer. Um, and you remember, Tino, you were getting all giddy saying that the contract renewals were coming because we were going to break our transfer record. And there's been none of that. That was James's chat. Um, you know, my few and I come on here on a Monday and we're, we're meant to feel better after shooting the breeze. Don't feel a lot better at this no, point I, in time. I, but... Listen, I, I, I do. And you can see, you know, do you know what? You look through the comments, you see guys, and by the way, guys, thanks for kind of tuning in as well and listening to us get it all out, so to speak. But I think, you know, the way we're feeling seems to be pretty much replicated in the, in the guys in the comments as well. The bottom line is we all, we all care. We all care deeply. So um, if there's any sort of burner accounts for the, the players or the coaching staff listening, get your finger out, lads. Come on, don't like it slagged when we get into work. We don't like it. We like being the ones giving it the slagging. So come on, help us out here. Exactly. So if we're just coming close to the, the end of the hour, obviously uh, James and Paddy couldn't join us for this one this week and Paddy should potentially be back for next week. But your own final comments, Smith, as we start to close out this week's show. Keep it faith, lads. <laughs> Keep it faith. <laughs> hey, bro. It's only two points to know. It's only two points. Come on. Let's not lose the plot now. Let's all get behind the team. Come on. No yet. No yet. There's plenty yeah. of time for a really, really angry podcast when we're miles behind, right? But until the now, let's get behind the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, looking forward to going to going to, going to Fir Park on Sunday, so bring it on. Yeah, let's see what Versa Celtic turns up on Sunday. Um, as Miff says there, folks, thanks to everyone who's commented. It's not about us agreeing or disagreeing or whatever it is. We're never going to agree on all things Celtic. That's just the way Celtic operates. So whatever your comments are, so long as they're respectful, we, we really appreciate them all. So thanks for those who have tuned into live. And thanks, of course, to those who continue to listen in podcast format. So that wraps things up on this week's episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to Miff for joining me. And a big thanks whether you've joined us on the live or if you've listened to the podcast version. We'll be back on Friday with the Counting the Kickoff show ahead of this weekend's game with Motherwell. And before that, on Wednesday, we'll be bringing you the latest in our new mini-series, CSC Stories, as we speak with the guys from the Swindon Celtic Supporters Club. So be sure to check that one out. But in the meantime, as always, thanks for supporting the Celtic Exchange and we'll see you all again very soon. Podcast Network.